From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. seek the Lord in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we do thank thee for thy great love toward us. We thank thee, Lord, that when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, we thank thee, Lord, that God was rich in mercy toward us, 
that he has quickened us in Christ Jesus. And Lord, truly we can say, uh, Lord, with the Apostle John, that Lord, that we love thee because thou first loved us. We pray, Lord, tonight that thou would warm our hearts afresh. The Lord, as we gaze into the deep, deep love of God toward us, the Lord, our hearts would reverberate back in love and devotion toward thee. So Lord, come, take this meeting this evening. Bless thy servant, the Reverend Dean. And Lord, give him power in the preaching of God's word. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We read from God's word in Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. And read verses 5 to 11. And then verses 14 to 17. Commencing there at verse 5. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen. For we be brethren." Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou will take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And the Lord said unto Abram, after Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that a man can number the dust of the earth. Then shall thy seed also be numbered." Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it on to thee. We'll sing another hymn well known to us. To Jesus every day I find my heart is closer drawn.
We'd like to welcome everyone along to our meeting today and those that are tuning in especially. We'd like to thank the Reverend Murray for leading the meeting for us today. And we're turning to that passage of Scripture in Genesis 13 that was read earlier in the meeting. It's amazing to see the way in which two individuals in a family can be so different. And we have many illustrations of that in the Scriptures. You have the contrast between Abram's boys, Isaac and Ishmael. One is taken as the picture of the worldly, and the other is the one who is spiritual. Again, you have it with Jacob and Esau, the two twins. And we think of the stark way in which the Bible says, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And there's such a difference between those two boys in their character, in their interests, and eventually in their eternal destiny. But there's a, another great family difference that we'd like to focus on today, and that is the difference that is highlighted between Abram and his nephew Lot. Abram is a man who comes down to us as the friend of God. While Lot spends much of his life at a distance from God, his life really comes down as a warning from God. The red light of danger shines above the life of Lot. You see, when we read about Lot in the Scriptures, we are told about him going to dwell in the city of Sodom. Now, anybody that knows the Scriptures will know that the city of Sodom was a very wicked city. It was an abomination in the sight of God. And as such, God was shortly going to destroy that city. And since Lot and his family were in the city, they were in danger of the judgment of God. Now, the Bible tells us that eventually Lot and uh, some of his family were delivered from the judgment of fire and brimstone that was rained down upon the city. But even though Lot was delivered from the full force of the judgment, it did not prevent him suffering great loss. In fact, he lost nearly everything that he had. And history uh, reveals him at the end in very distressing and disgraceful circumstances indeed. But it is good for us to notice how the Spirit of God brings our attention to two men who are bound by ties of relationship, who are born in the same city, who had much the same background, but who are so very different in their spiritual outlook. And the contrast is brought to us, and the question that is brought to our minds is, which one represents you? Which are you? Are you uh, one spiritual Abraham, or are you carnal Lot? Look at the history of Lot as he compares to Abram in this portion of Scripture. And first of all, I want you to see the standing that Lot possessed. There's a lot that can be said about Lot that was not good, but there's something that may surprise you today when uh, you hear about the things that Lot did and he was involved in. And that is the fact that Lot was unquestionably an Old Testament believer. That's why he could not perish in the fire of judgment that God poured out on Sodom and Gomorrah. If the Bible had not specifically said that Lot was a believer, I think that most of us would have put him down as a, a non-believer. But in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, we are told that Lot is described as just Lot. 
And it goes on to say that he was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Lot was a man with many faults in his life, and he did not leave us with a good example or testimony. But the amazing thing is that hundreds of years after his death is that the Spirit of God calls him just Lot. But when we examine this man and the wicked city that he dwelled in, we wonder how could God call him righteous? The Bible says in Romans 3 and 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. We're told in Isaiah 64 and 6 that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in his sight. So how could a man, especially a man like Lot, be a righteous man? How can the Holy Spirit call him just Lot? And the answer to that is very simple. It was not his own righteousness. His righteousness was not his own. It was a righteousness that had been given to him by God upon the grounds and merits of the cross of Calvary. Perhaps he had come to the Lord at the same time as Abram. He certainly had been willing to leave Ur of the Chaldees along with Abram. But whenever it was that he had trusted the Lord, we find that Lot was a believer. And that's why he could not perish in the fires that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2 and 6 that God turned them into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. And Jude verse 7 says that the fires that fell on Sodom and Gomorrah was the vengeance of eternal fire. So this was hellfire that was poured out upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's why this man Lot could not perish in those hellfires, because he was a believer. And those that came out of the city with him uh, were the only ones that were saved. Lot is the only one there that was saved from those fires. And we see that Lot was unquestionably an Old Testament believer. But not only do we see the standing that Lot possessed, but I want you to see the standards that Lot espoused. Lot was a child of God, but he was a carnal child of God. He was a man who was marked by continually, continual flaws and defects in his life. He was a worldly child of God. After he and Abram had come out of Ur of the Chaldees, everything went well for Lot. He had herds, and he grew, and he prospered with his uncle Abraham so that the land was too straight for them. There wasn't enough space. But somewhere along the line, a little bit of discontent entered in. And how often it is that backsliding starts with a little bit of discontent. Lot forgot the things that God had provided for him. And I want you to see Lot's choice. In Genesis 13, verse 10, we're told of a decision that he made that became critical in his life. It says that Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. And then it says, Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. From that moment, Lot began to walk by sight and not by faith. He's looking for material prosperity. He's looking at the well-watered plains. 
He's looking for what he can get out of it, and there is a selfishness. And then we have the tragic words in verse 12 that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. He began to move closer to this evil city. And I tell you, there's always a danger sign when God's people start moving towards the world. And notice how Lot departed to go to the plain of Sodom. But then we read that God comes to Abram as he bids farewell to his nephew. And look at verses 14 and 15 of Genesis 13. God says to Abram, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward, eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. God said, look everywhere, Abram. I'm going to give it to you. Doesn't matter about what Lot thinks he's got. We're going to give it to you. This is yours. And you can see the illustration of the principle that the Lord Jesus laid down. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And child of God, if you run after the fertile fields of the world, you might have satisfaction for a time, but the only real lasting satisfaction is found in the blessing of God Almighty. Not only do we see Lot's choice, but his course. Lot now is on the road to Sodom, and he's getting closer to Sodom. He gets sucked in to Sodom. We're told in Genesis 19 and 1 that he's sitting in the gate of Sodom. In other words, he's in the place of authority in Sodom, and he is accepted in this wicked city and promoted to the place of honor in this city. And then we find that he uh, marries a woman of Sodom, and his family grows up in Sodom, and they marry men of Sodom. And it's very evident that he never spoke about the things of God, because after he was warned to get out of the city, he went to warn his family. And we're told in the Bible that he seemed unto them as one that mocked. They thought he'd gone mad. He'd never talked about God before. He had never spoken about these things before. And Lot's home was one in which the word of God was forgotten. But we contrast that with the home of Abram. We find that Abram dwelt in a tent, even though he was the, one of the richest men in the world in that day. He deliberately dwelled in a tent in order to show that here he had no abiding city, and he was just passing through. And in Genesis 18, we have it recorded that God commended Abram because he ordered his home. He brought up his children well. It was a godly home. It was a home that God commended. And I hope that you have a home like that, a home in which God is glorified, a home in which the Lord is uplifted and exalted. Not only do we see his choice and we see something of his course, but we notice his confusion because even though he was in Sodom, even though he had got a position of honor in Sodom, we find that Lot is the picture of an unhappy, frustrated man. 
In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 8, we have the inspired photograph of the heart of Lot. And it says that he vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Even though he was in an honored position in this place, even though he had his family being brought up in this city, he was not happy. He was vexed, and he had been looking for popularity and position and possessions and all of these things, and he thought this was going to make him happy, but he was not satisfied. And I want to tell you that you, child of God, a true child of God, will never be satisfied with the world. You are spoiled to the world. And he is vexed here, it says, by the world. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody today, and you've got away from God and from the things of God, and you know you're not satisfied. You know that the things of the world have not brought blessing to you. But you notice what Lot did not do. He didn't get out of the city. You'd think that if he was vexed and unhappy every day, that the first thing that he would have done was to get up and get out. But he didn't do that. In fact, God had to send the angels to take him by the coat lapels and drag him out of the city. And it's the same with the course of the backslider. How hard it is. How hard it seems to get back into the place where you ought to be. And we see here something of the standards that Lot espoused. But one more thing I want you to see, and that is the suffering that Lot endured. Lot suffered because he dwelt in Sodom. In the end, when God tells him he's going to send the fire and the brimstone, he wants Lot to get out of the city. God sends his angels to bring Lot out of that judgment place. But his daughters do not come with him. The daughters that had married men of Sodom did not come with him. He lost his daughters. And then he lost his wife. God had commanded that when they got out of the city that they should not look back. And yet Lot's wife turned longingly back to the city that she had known, and God turned her into a pillar of salt. He lost all his possessions. He had to come out of that city with only the things that he had on him. And he lost his position and his standing. And he lost his material prosperity. And he lost all that he had. There he was, and he thought when he went into that city that he would have blessing and he would have uh, prosperity. And he comes out of the city with only the clothes that he's standing in. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 11 to 13, Christ is spoken of as the foundation of the Christian life. It says, other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is the foundation. You've got to have the foundation. Without the foundation, if you're not standing on Christ, then you have nothing. But then the passage goes on, and it makes suggestions about building on the foundation. And each of us build on the foundation. 
And it says, now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones. Now, those are good materials to build with. Those are things that are going to last. I hope that you're building a legacy that will stand the test of eternity. But then, amazingly, there are other materials that are used. Wood, hay, and stubble. And then it says in verse 12 to 15 that the works that are built upon the foundation are going to be tried by fire. And in that case, the works of wood and hay and stubble are going to be burned up. They're not going to stand. They're going to be burned in the fire. And the thing is that we build on the foundation with wood and hay and stubble, we will still be on the foundation. We're standing and resting in Christ. We'll be saved. The passage says, so as by fire. W.P. Nicholson, the Ulster Revival preacher, used to, be, used to speak about being saved by the skin of your teeth. I wonder if that's a description of you, child of God. You're saved by the skin of your teeth. Oh, you'll be in heaven, but there won't be many stars in your crown. You'll be in heaven, but there will be no eternal merit, no lasting blessing that flows from your life. Tell me, which one of these men are you following? Is it faithful Abram or is it failing Lot? Which life will make you happier? You know the answer to that question. You need to get back to God and be like Abram, who was the friend of God. May God write his word upon our hearts. Let's just unite together in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy word to our hearts afresh today. We think of the red light that glows above the life of Lot. And the Lord is saying, don't follow this man. But Lord, we thank thee for faithful Abram, who was a child of God by faith and walked with God. Help us to walk, to glorify thy name, and to follow thee with all of our hearts and souls and lives and strength. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again. Thank you.